I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Livewire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you can call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the holiday season, and that means one thing. Wrapping a variety of gifts and packages for loved ones and guests. But who has the time? At Peg and Bev Tup's Gift Wrap Emporium, we take the guesswork and the rest of the work out of wrapping your holiday treasures. Because guess what? We wrap them for you. Your loved ones will be amazed when they tear into a gift wrapped in one of our exciting styles. The Imperial Double. The Cincinnati Triple Backfold. The Appalooza. The Lazy Susan. And the four varieties of Japanese Tatsumi. That's amazing! At Peg and Bev Tut's Gift Wrap Emporium, we've also got the largest selection of giant bows in the state. Giving your fiancé a new Pontiac Fiero? We got a giant red bow. Did you get your mom a new freezer for all the elk and moose meats? We got the giant red bow for that, too. We got a whole freaking room of bows the size of your Aunt Edna's head. She's got a big freaking dome, admit it. She totally does. But wait, there's more. We can also wrap your specialty items. Have a tiny bird's nest? We'll wrap it. How about a crystal boot? We gotcha. Single walkie-talkie? Done. Do you know how to wrap a fire hydrant? We do. That's great. Adopting a small or medium Indonesian child? We can wrap him or her, no problem. (laughs) And through Christmas, we're offering $10 off select wrapping paper. Choose from these hot colors. Silver. Black. Trout. Blue. And light blue. So visit Peg and Bev Tut's Gift Wrap Emporium, conveniently located indoors, next to the Taco Charlie's, across from the bank by the fountain. And if you mention this ad when you come in, you will be entered to win the best gift in the whole world. Next to Bar Skaggs tickets or a mini gerbil, it's, it's... Chipmunk's Christmas album. You're welcome. Tonight, humorist Shelley McClendon, author Daniel Handler, and music from Duo. 
over. That's tonight on Livewire Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Courtney Hommeister, and you also have comedy from Faces for Radio Theater to look forward to. Poet Scott Poole with What I Learned Tonight, wherein Scott sits in our audience and in just one hour, the time it took Jack London to accidentally stab himself in the forehead with a Swiss Army knife while trying to open a can of beans, he writes a poem that encompasses all the lessons he's learned during the show. And of course, music from our house band, The Mutton Chops. earlier, Shelly McClendon will be here later. She's going to give us some holiday survival tips. And Daniel Handler is also here with his new book, Why We Broke Up. It's the illustrated story of the end of a relationship and the difficult act of returning all the physical detritus said relationship created to the other person. Uh, It's a really beautiful book, but it, it all got me thinking about breakups. Now you might be saying to yourself, Wow, uh, that's, that's a completely inappropriate subject for a holiday show. First of all, I think you're being judgmental, and I'm wondering where all of this is coming from all of a sudden. I thought, I thought we were getting along. And second of all, you're wrong. British writer and designer David McCandless mined data from over 10,000 Facebook status updates and discovered that, at least according to Facebook, the most likely time of the year for a breakup is two weeks before Christmas. Now, the lowest day of the year is Christmas Day, so if you're curled up by your radio with your significant other, sipping eggnog from your what up, my ho-ho homies holiday mug... Congratulations! Statistically speaking, you're on a path to a very probable Merry Christmas. TM Hallmark. (laughs) Now, the second most likely time of the year for relationships to end is spring break, which is odd when you think of the difference in activities between Christmas break and spring break. Christmas morning, surprise! A puppy! Spring break morning, surprise! You're sleeping on the beach and you have a mild recollection of trading your car for a DVD box set of Punky Brewster. (laughs) It makes sense that breakups would happen at spring break, anywhere that licking tequila out of someone's navel precedes learning their first name. (laughs) Committed relationships aren't really held in high esteem. But the holidays? The holidays are all about relationships. And maybe that's the problem. Yes, holidays are about spending time with the people we love, but they're also about expectations. More than any other time of the year, we have this idea in our head of how things should feel, how our family should act, and whether you should tell your sister that her new boyfriend, who's a really snappy dresser and always sings Lady Gaga at karaoke, might be gay. So we always imagine the day and what it's going to be like. And if we're with someone who doesn't make sense, someone who's essentially photobombing our perfect holiday picture, then it makes sense that we would want them out of the picture. It's also a money saver. You know, you cringed when you bought her that copy of the secret book and DVD last year. If you break up before the holidays, you can use that money to manifest a bottle of whiskey into your life to help you get through the holidays. And another reason is that the holidays, while festive and fun, can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster. 
well, more of an emotional, tedious line for the roller coaster than fight about who gets to sit in front, annoyance at being on the ride at all, followed by intense exhilaration and joy on the ride itself, followed by mild guilt for your initial humbuggy attitude regarding the ride. We have very complicated relationships with our families. And if one's romantic relationship is also complicated, who wants a bite of that emotional turducken? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, with all those great reasons to break it off during the holidays, if you are listening to this with someone you love, know how lucky you are. You clearly survived a tinsel and glitter-covered gauntlet. And if you're one of the people someone let go of recently, just remember that New Year's Eve is just around the corner. It's the official holiday of ill-advised hookups, so you'll be drinking tequila out of someone else's navel in no time. Happy holidays. Our musical guest tonight, Do Over, is an acoustic duo made up of Rebecca Rasmussen and Nathan Jr., who's played in the touring bands of M. Ward, Fruit Bats, and Seawolf. And last year, they released one of the most charming Christmas albums of the year by far, with songs like Trivial Pursuit, Fruitcake, and Coyote Christmas. With a song from their record, Christmas Volume 1, please welcome Do Over to Livewire. <laughs> Christmas time 
guys, you're going to come back and, and sing one more for us later, but I just wanted to quickly ask you, I know that you've been in the studio, and I saw on your blog, on the Webernets, that you were just putting the finishing touches on a record. So is it... Indeed, yes. We're mixing uh, next week. I think we go in Tuesday. So when do you think people are going to be able to pick that baby up? Uh, I don't know. Maybe when we <laughs> pay off our credit card. Or... <laughs> Does it have a name yet? Um, it doesn't, but we're open to suggestions. Okay. The, the Courtney experience. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah? <laughs> that's not bad. You were saying something, Rebecca? Early next year, hopefully. All right. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for that, and we're going to see you guys later on in the show. Righteous. Do over, everybody. Us. All right. Thank you. Music tonight is brought to you by Dave's Killer Bread and the Bread of the Week. 21 Whole Grains Killer Light. This lightweight is coming at you with an uppercut of omega-3s and a right hook of 100% whole grains. Don't turn your back on this bread, ever. Dave's Killer Bread, making the world a better place, one loaf of bread at a time. And now, skating to the dance of the sugar plum fairies, it's America's ice dancing sweethearts, Amelia and Duffy Parker Evans. Go, 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 go! Don't rush me like you rushed the salmon last night. Oh, my God. We are not still talking about the salmon, are we? Go backwards. I don't just... I just don't understand how you can get that wrong. Well, it's easy, Amelia. When a person needs new glasses and the numbers on the oven are tiny, speed up. Speed up. For God's sakes, this isn't Dance of the Sugar Plum Grannies. Is that a dig about my age? Oh, don't touch me. I have to touch you, Amelia. Emphasis on have to. Just look at how in love they are. Just don't get that squeezy cheese from your nachos on my sequins. This is the part where you pick me up. And it's their famous lover's lift. Yeah, you don't have to remind me. Oh, God, you're heavy. How many lattes did you have today? That's none of your business. Oh, it's not? Well, all I, all I know is that last week in Cleveland, you were a grande. And now you're a venti, and I'm the one who has to pay the barista. Well, a ridiculously strained metaphor. Well, good. It'll match my sciatic nerve. Now get off of me. Wow, she almost went into the audience on that one, folks. Oh, it was just so awful. It was like eating fish-flavored shoelaces. Yeah, I had to eat it too, okay? Do you think I ruined it on purpose? I don't know. 
Did you? And you don't even know what shoelaces taste like. Maybe they're delicious. Oh, it's the spinning Eskimo kiss. Oh, you're being ridiculous. Smile for that sick kid in section E. How can I tell where section E is? The room is spinning. Well, just smile everywhere. What does he have again? Oh, I don't know. It starts with an L. Or a G. Oh, wow, you're really altruistic. Oh, who are you to talk? You don't know any of the letters. Oh, it's the Charleston now, you idiot. Oh, look, it's Charleston time, ladies and gentlemen. You know, sometimes I dream that you have a disease where your skin and flesh slowly slough off and that all that's left is a cruel skeleton. Oh, you mean like your mother? Oh, my it's time for the finale, folks. Coming up, a double butterfly jump to the famous death spiral. He's got her life in his hands. Hey, did you hear that? Oh, if you let go, I will sue you so hard. Yeah, how's your lawyer going to communicate with you when you're in a coma? Oh, I don't know. I've been communicating with you all these years, haven't I? Ugh. Another amazing performance from Amelia and Duffy Parker Evans, America's Ice Dancing Sweetheart. <sighs> I thought that went well. Oh, always a pleasure. That was Trisha Ferguson, Sean McGrath, and Andrew Harris with sound effects by David Ian. You're listening to Livewire right now, and we thank you. We know you have many choices when it comes to your radio variety show needs, and we're grateful you've chosen us to fulfill them. Coming up next on your radio variety show of choice, temporary holiday expert Shelley McClendon, author Daniel Handler, poet Scott Poole, and more from Do Over. We'll be right back. Our next guest is an actress. She's a writer, a producer, an improviser, and believe it or not, she is also a therapist. She's the creator and co-writer of Roadhouse, the play, and a member of the sketch comedy troupe Sweat, as well as the improv troupe The Liberators. Four years ago, she joined us to give us some very valuable tips on how to survive Christmas with your family, and now she's back with tips that cover more than just Christmas. Please welcome Shelley McClendon to Livewire.
Thank you. Thank you. Let's help some people, Shelley. Let's. Should we do that? Let's do it. I'd Shelley like to McClendon. Help some people. Yeah. So it's Christmas Eve tonight, right? And so a lot of people are just are right in the middle of the holidays with their right. families. Why are the holidays so difficult for a lot of people? Um, well, there's a lot of pressure, right, around the holidays. And, and around the holidays, uh, specifically the Christmas holiday, there's a lot of articles, blog posts about how to survive, you know, the holidays with your family and your loved ones and stuff. And it's because there's so many opportunities, right, to, that you're going to need help with, potentially. <laughs> Parties, boat rides, sing-alongs, horseback situations. <laughs> And <laughs> that happens oh, in the no. Northwest. Oh, you can't stand the horseback situations. <laughs> a lot of pressure on it horseback. It is, a lot, a lot. And, um, and uh, some people, for some people it's great and they love it and they look forward to it every year. But for a lot of people it's just not, it's, it's a struggle and it's uncomfortable. And so, so we've got, and it, it, it's caused by expectations, right? Expectations coupled with an uncomfortable dynamic equals a poopy time, <laughs> potentially. And, um, and plus, if you don't have a lot of great experiences with holidays, then it just all of it comes together in a perfect storm, and that's why the holidays can be a struggle. So what are the, the kinds of things that we can do to make the holidays better? I'm glad you ourselves. asked, Courtney. I'm glad I did, too. First of all, we're not just talking about Christmas, right? We're t- all holidays, Fourth of July, Yom Kippur, St. Patty's Day, <laughs> Memorial Day. These, you know, we, we talk about Christmas only, but this, these can apply to all holidays. And you're going to do a couple things, guys. You're going to do a couple things this year at Christmas time. You're going to uh, think about what you need, right? Because you're just, you've already decided, I'm going to go. Because you could not just, you could just not go, but you're going to. You've decided, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. You're going to consider what do I need to make to just hook myself up for the night, right? Am, am I am I fed? Do I have a full stomach? Yum Kippur, that's going to be difficult because you fast for twenty <laughs> for twenty five hours. Uh, do, am I hydrated? Do I have music that I like? Do I like my outfit? Okay, and, and, it, and it all seems silly, but when you t- when you go take a big test, you want to bring your lucky pencil and you want to, you know excited about the test, I guess. Um, so you want to set yourself up for success in that way. Now also, so that's number one. Number two, you're going to adjust your expectations, guys. You're going to check your expectations at the door. I know it's going to be hard, but the best, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, right? So if Uncle Louie, for the past 12 Christmases, has gone into great detail about his medical procedures... He's probably going to do it this year. So expect that, and then you won't be mad, and then you'll be like, oh, there's Uncle Louie doing this thing that he does. And if he doesn't do it, then you have this nice surprise, and, and if you have this great <laughs> moment together, right? And you know what? Here's another thing. We only address the victims, quote-unquote, of, of, you know, the holidays. I'm going to address the perpetrators tonight, guys. <laughs> I'm going to address the perpetrators of those uncomfortable moments. And for this, the rest of this chat, I'm going to refer to you as perps. <laughs> so I'm talking to you if you make anybody feel uncomfortable, right? And, and we're, I'm going to get into that a little bit more. Uh, but we're selling you short, right? We love you, perps. <laughs> we love you, and you're smart, and we're going to work together, and it's going to be a great holiday. So I'm talking to you awkward adolescent 
who sits there and scowls and pouts and doesn't want to talk and doesn't want to respond, you're going to, you're going to bring up some conversation. You're going, to have some con- you're going to have some talking points this Christmas, okay? Uh, we know where you're coming from, and we love it, and we are sorry, but you know what? You're going to join the family tonight. And, you know, co-worker who thinks, no one's going to mind at the Christmas party if I grow up my girlfriend while, while somebody's talking to me, right? Nobody's going to mind. They are going to mind, and you're not going to do it. You're going to put on, you're going to put on your other person perspective hat, and you're going to leave it on all night. Okay? That's what's going to happen, perps. So, okay, let's just say that, that, the, that despite all of our best effort, yes. efforts and despite the perps attempting to change their behavior, right. you, are, you have found yourself in an uncomfortable situation. How do you That might happen. It? And I think, and I've got some tips. I've got some tools. I've got some tips for you to keep in your back pocket. And I feel like the best way to discuss these is through some role play, if you don't mind. <laughs> sure. So I've, I've typed up some scenarios. So this one is, so again, we're going to get through unscathed, right? We're keeping it positive. We're just going to, we're going to have a, we're just going to get through it. Not going to make a point. We're not going to make a point at Christmas time. So this one is when you just want to recognize the relationship. You want to recognize what's been said. You want to recognize the relationship, validate it, and end the conversation. Okay? So Courtney, if you could read, just read. So, so Courtney's going to be my aunt. She's cornered me in the kitchen. It's Christmas Eve. I see you don't have anyone with you tonight. Have you gone to that singles group at the First Baptist Church of St. Helens I told you about? I love you too much to talk about that right now. Okay? Which is true. Which is true. Aunt Patty's going to feel amazing, right? Because I said it, and we're not, not going to talk about it. So this is, um, okay, so I'm, we're, at a, we're at an office party, okay? Co- you're my coworker. This is where it's, I validate the relationship, and I don't want to talk about what, we're gonna, what you brought up, but I'm not going to actually say that to you. So <clears throat> Courtney's my coworker. Hey, when you get a second, I'd love to talk to you about the benefits of these colloidal silver supplements I've been selling through my online vitamin franchise. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. (laughs) Right? It works. It's true. Pat them on the back, give them a hug, and then just walk away. Everybody feels great. You're getting through it. You're getting through it. You're meeting your goals. Okay, so this this last one, this is is the bit. You've got to reserve this one, guys. You've got to reserve it. This is when it's time to abort the mission. 911, get out, end it. And this is the this is one I actually learned when I was um, when I w- worked inpatient uh, alcohol and drug therapy, and we had to we worked with some some patients that were potentially, you know, could get violent, and they were teaching us how to end violent, you know, potentially violent situations without actually just leaving the situation. You know, like there's no violence happening, but you just got to You got to. It's called the cognitive shakeup, is what I like to call it. You're going to cognitively shake up grandma. <laughs> so so you're, my, you're my nana. I'm nana. Uh, sitting, around the, sitting around the dinner table. Well, if you ask me, the most discriminated against population in the United States is white Christian males. They are. Mississippi. What happened there? What happened was I changed the subject without telling people that that's what I was going to do. 
And I did, and I cognitively shaked them up because now everybody was getting mad. Everybody's getting mad, right? But when I said that, they were like, wait, why did she just say that? <laughs> and then it's time to end the conversation. And it's, 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 oh, it's over. It's ended. You could also like shake a tambourine. You can sing, stand on your head, whatever. The point is you just, you switch it. <laughs> you switch it up because you're not going to change her. Those are my tips and you can use those. Those are for you to keep. Those are for you to keep. We're, I think we're just about out of time. This has been incredibly helpful, Shelly. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Shelly McClendon, everybody. That was Shelley McClendon, and you're listening to LiveWire Radio. To download our podcast, visit livewireradio.org or subscribe on iTunes. LiveWire knows that holiday caroling can sure get annoying in a hurry. You've heard the same old songs thousands of times. How can you make them fun again? It's easy. All you have to do is globotomize them. Using only the internet, we've translated your favorite Christmas carols into Japanese and then back into English. It's like hitting puree on the language blender. You can entertain your neighbors with completely sensical renditions of the Yuletide classics. Is it time to deck the halls yet? You bet it is. Adorn the corridors with wreaths and grasses. Go, 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 go. Right now is the time of the year you are happy indeed. Yes, go, 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 go. Put on your homosexual wardrobe. Go, 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 go. Demon the old joy, the waves, moon song. Go, 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 go. Everybody loves that classic. But wait, you guys. What's that I hear jingling? Bells of ringing tinkle, bells of ringing tinkle, ringing tinkle for the entirety. Oh, there is enjoyment, it is to ride in a conveyance pulled by a single horse that is good and open. Oh. It's so touching. There's also this timeless classic that's been around for generations. planet the ruler arrives now in his present please allow this earth to accept her monarch permit all the hearts and prepare his area and paradise and scenery sing will yes together and paradise and scenery sing will yes together and paradise and scenery sing will yes together Season would be complete without this tune. Evening of silence, evening of praying devoutness. All is calm, all is very illuminated. 
does not have the sex act and child. Very religious newborn baby, sensitive and palatable. Sleep in bliss, Christian time. Christian time peace. Next time, Livewire globotomizes some tunes for our Jewish friends. I have a little wooden spinning device for children fun. I make this from the clay. At the time it is thirsty and primed to start. Then little wooden spinning device for children fun, I shall play. Until then... Much festive engagement of the tidings of this season. Happy, happy. Coming to the stage is a man who many young people will be thrilled to learn knows Lemony Snicket personally. Lemony is the author of the best-selling series of Unfortunate Events book collection. In addition to being a consummate accordionist and Mr. Snicket's personal representative, Daniel Handler is also a writer in his own right. He wrote the screenplays for Rick and Kill the Poor and the novels Basic Eight, Watch Your Mouth, and Adverbs. His latest book is Why We Broke Up. It's a beautifully illustrated novel about the end of a relationship between the film-obsessed, quirky 16-year-old Min and the simple, sweet, and hunky jock Ed, with art by past Lemony Snicket collaborator Myra Kalman. Please welcome Daniel Handler to Livewire. How about that band? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Daniel. I wanted to actually just start off by talking a little bit about a series of unfortunate events. It sure. was a, a series of 13 gothic children's books. Yes. And um, I wanted to read a Lemony Snicket quote for you from the book Horseradish. Okay. Um, and then I have to name what page it's on or exactly. something? Exactly. <laughs> uh, this is stressful. Perhaps if we saw what was ahead of us and glimpsed the crimes, follies, and misfortunes that would befall us later on, we would all just stay in our mother's wombs, and there would be nobody in the world but a great number of very fat, very irritated women. Um, and, and, and there were, there was, there were a lot of, of quotes like this in, in Horseradish, and it just yeah. made me wonder, how does someone with Lemony's particular dark outlook decide, hey, children's books are what I should write? Um, well, um, I was asked to write children's books on the basis of my first novel, The Basic Eight, which is about... Uh, a girl in high school who has a crush on a boy and he is not interested, and so she bludgeons him to death with a croquet mallet. <laughs> so um, that makes perfect sense. It's a, it's a comedy. And, um, <laughs> and so someone said, you should write books for children. <laughs> um, which I thought was a terrible idea. But I began to have an idea about terrible things happening to children over and over again, because that seemed interesting to me. Uh-huh. Um, 
And the it's woman... sort of in the tradition of Grimm's fairy tales, right? I mean, those have been sure. around for ages. Definitely terrible things have been happening to children for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, white European men have been profiting from that. And I thought, <laughs> time to get on board. Um... <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so now you actually, you know, you've you've written uh, novels for adults, you've written books for children, and this actually, uh, why we broke up, is your first book for a young adult audience. So, what was it that made you want to speak to this audience right now? Oh, I, I mean, I don't understand that distinction actually, but I, but I, um, I was interested in high school because um, everyone can't stop talking about it. And um, I'd done this uh, picture book with Myra called with Myra Kalman called uh, 13 Words, a little picture book for young uh, children. And then I said, let's do another book. And she said, okay. And I said, what do you want to paint? And she said, I would like to paint tiny objects. And I thought, well, she makes tiny objects look beautiful in paintings. And she the, does. She does. And tiny objects look beautiful in real life when we infuse them with romantic memory. Absolutely. So I began to imagine a girl throwing a box of stuff back at a boy and that they would look romantic and beautiful to her even though they were ordinary objects. This is a rather pointed book, Why We Broke Up. I found myself, it's, it's about the end of a, of a romance, you know, between a 16-year-old girl, and it was, it's, it was devastating to read so many parts of it because you did a really amazing job of evoking this feeling, you know? Oh, Courtney, uh, what was his name? <laughs> what? What? Questions to ask about oh, okay. books. Yes, you're the um, host. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, no, I wanted to talk about the fact that that adverbs, which was uh, the novel before this, yes, um, was was a, was a lot of musings about love and different kinds of love and different kinds of relationships. And this this book is so much about love. And I was just wondering why, at this point, you f- you you're ruminating on love. Uh, well, I think one reason is that love is one thing. It doesn't usually go in children's books, so maybe that was something I was missing. Also, I've, uh, I've been together with my wife forever, and um, so I kind of got to luckily exempt myself from the heartache and strife of many people's 20s and 30s. So I got to watch it in others from, right. a, de- from a detached <laughs> superior distance. <laughs> Which is my preferred state of watching things. Yeah, I um, think so. Well, and also you, you've So written... I got to take notes instead of be brokenhearted, you know? Right, right. And, I got and to written... be like, oh, man, that's a rough story. I'm going to be right. I'm just going to write something down. <laughs> right. Exactly. That it's sounds terrible. terrible. I can't believe she said that. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say exactly? Say it again. <laughs> it's terrible. But it's not just that you're sort of distant from it. It's also that you've written, you know, these young female protagonists. And so you're writing people who are so distant from your own personal experience. Is there a reason <laughs> why you... I am a sissy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, I, 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 there's no... I, I always sound creepy when I talk about this, but there's just something about young women. Um, I think a story is automatically more interesting if it's happening to a 16-year-old woman than if it's happening to, say, a... Guy, um, why do you think that is? I don't know. It's just automatically interesting to me. You know, just even a, a young woman walking down the street—that's automatically a story. Whereas, it, if it's a man, then it's just another John Cheever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Nothing personal to the dude. Nothing um, personal to John Cheever. Yeah, no, I just think that's interesting. Also, I take public transportation every day, so I'm surrounded by teenagers yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and this way I can write that off. <laughs> <laughs> if you've just tuned in. I don't even know what that means. I don't know right. what that means. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Livewire, and we were talking with author Daniel Handler about his book, Why We Broke Up. Um, I did actually want to touch on, recently, you wrote a piece about Occupy Wall Street. Um, it's true, I did. And it, it, sort of, it took the internet by the storm, I think. Is um, how that's what they tell they me, yes. today. <laughs> and for people who haven't read it, I was hoping that maybe you, you could read through. It was essentially 13 observations made by Lemony Snicket while watching Occupy Wall Street from a discreet distance. From a discreet distance, The title yes. was, yeah. Um, would you be willing to read just a few of those observations? Sure, if you happen to have them on a tight sheet nearby. I happen to nearby. have them on a sheet. And <laughs> oh, them, this is also sudden. You choose what you want to read. Um, money is like a child, rarely unaccompanied. When it disappears, look to those who are supposed to be keeping an eye on it while you are at the grocery store. You might also look for someone who has a lot of extra children sitting around with a long, suspicious explanation for how they got there. (laughs) Um, Someone feeling wronged is like someone feeling thirsty. Don't tell them they aren't. Sit with them and have a drink. Oh, uh, 99% is a very large percentage. For instance, easily 99% of people want a roof over their heads, food on their tables, and the occasional slice of cake for dessert. Surely an arrangement can be made with that niggling 1% who disagree. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. What was, it, what was the impetus for you to write this? Like, what struck you? Um, well, there's, a, was a, there's an organization, Occupy Writers, where many writers have written splendid things on Occupy Wall Street, and they asked me if I would do it, and I didn't have the faintest idea what would say about it because I felt they were expressing themselves well enough. I was confused that people were confused by Occupy Wall Street because they were holding signs that were actually saying exactly. what they were thinking, and all these people were saying, I don't know, what are they doing out there? And I was like, read this, there's a sign, they're holding a sign. <laughs> it's like, you know? <laughs> Like, at a dinner party, I understand, because no one has a sign, and then you're like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, um, I, um, I was uh, swimming in, I, uh, I swim laps every morning, because you don't get a body like mine without... Svelte. A lot Very of exercise. Um, and um, this man uh, at the swim place, when it's time to share a lane, you share a lane, and this man said... Uh, I don't think I have to share a lane. Um, and I thought to myself, that's an example of someone who needs to be written to. <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't he feel like he had to share a lane? Um, I don't know. He mentioned that he had donated a lot of, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, money, um, to the place where the lap swimming was happening. Right. Um, that didn't seem to follow in my mind, but he thought it did. I hear so, some righteous shouts from the audience. Exactly. I hope they're in agreement, and it's not that the guy is here. Well, yeah. 
I'm so going to tell it to you one more time. I didn't have to share. After yeah. you wrote it, did you feel less frustrated? Did you feel a sense of... Uh, I did. I, saw, I mostly wrote it at a bus stop. Um, and, um, and at the end, I felt quite clear-headed. Good. Yeah. As well you should have. Exactly. I felt ready to tackle the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, well, thank uh, you. It's been a delight to be here. The author is Daniel Handler. The book is Why We Broke Up. Um, and normally uh, we just say goodbye to you and our band plays <laughs> yeah, you I off. I get that a lot. This is what normally happens, but you're not a normal person. Um, so, but, but we have learned that you are uh, an excellent accordion player. I'm not an excellent accordion player. And... You've played on a couple of magnetic, magnetic Fields records, and so True. you are going to play a little tune with the band tonight. Yes. So, yeah. I, know, I know, I'm just putting it on. Ladies and gentlemen, to essentially play himself out, please welcome Daniel Handler. If you will, a picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. The sweat of your body covers me. Can you, my darling? Can you picture a dream? If you will, a courtyard, an ocean of violets and blue. Strike curious poses They feel the heat The heat between me and How can you just leave me standing Alone in a world so cold Maybe I'm just too demanding Maybe I'm just like my father Too bold Maybe I'm just like my mother what it sounds like when doves cry touch 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 if you will my stomach feel how it trembles inside You've got the butterflies all tied up Don't make me chase you, even doves have How can you just leave me standing Alone in a world so cold Maybe I'm just like live wire You know, that show is always too bold Maybe I'm just like my mother She's never satisfied is what it sounds like when dogs cry.
the mutton chops. You're listening to Livewire, wishing you a happy, healthy holiday season. Well, healthy might be too much to ask for, and happiness is at best elusive. Wishing you a holiday season. We'll be right back. Mr. Edwards, I'm David's teacher. Thanks for coming. Of course. Is David all right? You said it was urgent. David's fine. This is actually about a story in the newspaper that you wrote. A Mm. review, actually. You reviewed our holiday show, Happy Gumdrop Lane. Oh, yes, that. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it struck a chord, and I wanted to speak to you about it. Oh, what about it? Well, your opening line is Saratoga Elementary's holiday production, Happy Gumdrop Lane, is 40 minutes of soul-sucking quicksand from which you will never, ever escape. Yes? You also said the performances were amateurish at best, and the story was the worst kind of sentimental dreck. I stand by what I wrote. You don't think that's offensive? I'm sorry. Do you know what is offensive? Josh Lemke, who played the lonely candy cane? That was offensive. All right. Not only did I not believe that Josh was lonely, but never for a second did I even believe that he was a candy cane. Okay, Mr. Edwards, it... it... No, no, he didn't even begin to plumb the emotional depths offered by the premise. This is an elementary school play. These are children. Not when they're on stage, they're not. No, they're still children. You called your own son cutesy and calculated. And I was being kind. He played a pine cone. Exactly. He played a pine cone, but he didn't actually become the pine cone. Hey, look, I don't know what you thought you were going to see, uh, look, I, but... I thought I was in the hands of a practitioner of the theater arts, not a hack who gives 20 children recorders and thinks she's created an orchestra. They were playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Really? Really? Because it sounded like a sack full of kittens was being beaten repeatedly with a stick. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, I'll have you know that these children worked very hard on this show, and I, for one, am glad that it exists. That you had it exists? Madam, if I had been the deity at the point of creating the world and could have foreseen that your little holiday play would exist in it, I would have left the world uncreated. (gasps) I am appalled. Uh, You should be. You really should be. Now, look, I don't have all day to sift through the shards of your broken dreams, okay? Okay. 
I'm interviewing the cast of the middle school's new show. They're doing some very, very brave and important work over there. Very brave work. Oh, yeah? Yes. They've taken a fresh take on Moliere's Tartuffe with horses and confetti and a kicking soundtrack by Beyonce at the end. And everyone gets cake. That is a production. Get out of my office. Well, would you like to accompany me to the show? Get out! Ladies and gentlemen, once again, do-over. Monday's gray and Tuesday's gray and Wednesday's grayer than Thursday's gray. Friday's still gray, but Saturday I'm with you. Monday's gray and Tuesday's gray and Wednesday's grayer than Thursday's gray Friday's still gray, but Saturday I'm with you
And now, as promised, to sum it all up for us with a poem he finished writing 30 seconds ago, please welcome poet Scott Poole. What I Learned Tonight by Scott Poole. What I learned tonight is that I need to start a new Christmas tradition. These old Christmas traditions are starting to feel like that holiday sweater that Uncle Bob has been wearing for 20 years, the same one that has 20 years' worth of eggnog spilled on it because he never washed it. And sure, it smells like Christmas, but maybe Christmas shouldn't smell like a combined distillery and sock factory fire anymore. It doesn't really matter what tradition it is. It could be a horseback riding situation. (laughs) Or it could be some tradition that, like, before Christmas dinner, everyone has to wrap their head in Christmas paper and make a good muffled holiday declaration. For instance, even though you tried to sell me vitamins, I'm glad you're here, Steve. (laughs) Or, I ate too much summer sausage. Or... This is what it sounds like when doves cry. (laughs) And if it's good enough declaration, then you get to cut a hole in the paper where your mouth is and take your first bite. If you don't like this tradition, come up with your own, but it doesn't really matter. As long as you come up with a complicated, mysterious Christmas reason for it, no one can really quite understand. Well, children, we wrap paper around our heads every Christmas because once we went to the ice capades and it starred Duffy and Amelia Parker Evans and it was so horrific that as a sign of protest, Mother wrapped Christmas paper around her head and refused to talk to anyone. She looked like someone had bludgeoned a middle-aged woman to death near the food court with one of the fake presents from Santa Land. She was so mad at us and we were so mad at her that it actually brought us closer together and gave us finally something to talk about on Christmas Eve. Awesome. We all began to cry and mom began to cry. So mom cut a hole in the paper where her mouth was to say I love you. But before she could say that, Aunt Rady shoved a peanut butter chocolate ball in the hole and we all burst into tears and mother said, I love you, Mammy Kipmush. And that's how the tradition of Mabby Kimmish started. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Kimmish, everyone. Scott Poole, everybody. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Our thanks to our guests tonight, Shelley McClendon, Daniel Handler, and Do-Over. The Mutton Chops are Jim Brunberg, Dave Jorgensen, and Steve Berlin. Tonight's show is made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Whole Foods Market, Dave's Killer Bread, and Burgerville. Introducing Burgerville Radio, featuring music from Northwest musicians in all their restaurants. Additional funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council and Work for Art, the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation, and listeners like you fine people. Hotel accommodations generously provided by the Hotel Deluxe. Our executive producer is Robin Tenenbaum. The show is produced by Courtney Hommeister and Jim Brunberg. The faces for Radio Theater are writers Sean McGrath and Courtney Hommeister, performers Andrew Harris and Trisha Ferguson, with sound effects by David Ian. Additional show writers are Jason Rouse, house poet Scott Poole, and Ben Coleman. 
Faces for Radio Theater is directed by Jason Rouse. Our technical director is Jonathan Newsom with House Sound by Scott McLeod. Stage management by Graham Nystrom. Thank you to Rose City Sound. And special thanks to Eileen Hagen Accordion Studio located in Northeast Portland. Show theme by Courtney Von Drele and Ralph Huntley. Our show photographer is Jenny Baker. Livewire was created by Kate Sokoloff and Robin Tenenbaum. For more information about Livewire or to subscribe to our podcast, visit livewireradio.org. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.